0: Okay, it sounds like we should be all good. All right. Welcome to the Why Music podcast, where we talk to independent artists about their journeys, the inspirations behind their music, and ultimately why they make music. This next artist has been singing almost his entire life as music quickly became like second nature to him. Now located in the City of Angels, he's got the awards to prove that he's here to stay in the pop music world. Welcome, Sammy.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me,
0: of course. So why don't you kind of start off by telling me a little bit about where your journey with music kind of all began?
1: Well, I had really supportive parents growing up, and they definitely saw that music was something that really helped me through some of my social anxieties. And so they set me up in voice lessons. My mom wanted to make me a part of uh, this this singing group called the Dan Kane Singers. And I grew up in like the rural Connecticut, Massachusetts area. And um, so since I was eight, I was performing in this group and, and I became a, a, a soloist and it fed my desire to perform and I think songwriting was always something that I was really fascinated in and as cliche as it may be I was a huge Britney Spears Backstreet Boys um, fanatic I I thought pop music was life itself and um, I think it 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 was a, a bit of a funny contradiction because I was singing you know traditional jazz standards or you know thousands of of people locally you know at these shows and county fair type environments and but in private i was you know screaming Christina aguilera and uh my dad was uh, playing a lot of jazz music he introduced me to etta james so i i was fascinated in the the kind of mixture of pop and soul and um that informed a lot of my my songwriting so when when the songwriting took off I was about 12 and I was taking piano from a teacher who was really supportive of of my desire to write songs less than my desire to learn music theory so he was teaching me inversions he was teaching me how to kind of a, a format for writing writing music and Giving me that outlet uh, because I was kind of writing poems and putting melodies to them, but I had nothing to accompany them with because I was I wasn't really interested in learning piano young as a as a young kid. But once I turned twelve or thirteen, I I knew that I needed it in order to continue writing songs. And um, shortly after I started recording some some music, I got the attention of a, a Nashville producer through a mutual friend who I actually met in the Damping Singers. And I started traveling to Nashville, uh, almost every vac- school vacation I had in high school to record an album uh, with amazing musicians. Um, I, I still can't believe that um, that was an opportunity I had at that time, and I don't take that for granted. I I will say that I wish I had maybe more of a, a songwriting mentor to help me be in touch with my emotions more because I I wasn't really comfortable expressing myself in front of these old people. And um, I think I was cloaking a lot of my feelings and maybe too much metaphor and not enough um, authenticity. And so as I kind of became more comfortable with myself, um, which took a while as like a gay person from a rural town, you know, so I I went to Nashville for, for college and I kind of lost touch with that producer. Um, and I started learning to produce myself and as I learned kind of the DAWs, like Logic and um, Pro Tools, I was, I was able to kind of express myself a little deeper because I had the time alone with myself to truly feel my feelings. And um, I did a lot of workshops at the Bluebird Cafe, which is um, a pretty iconic, I guess you could say, place for songwriters. Um, It's like a hole in the wall in Nashville. And I was able to perform my songs for publishers and music industry professionals who kind of ripped them apart and told me, you know, why they were not suitable or commercially viable, uh, at least in the context of country music, which I wasn't necessarily interested in. But I think the craft of country music helped me realize um, a format or a um, kind of a rubric that I could know so that I would know how to break the rules in the right way. Um, And knowing, I think knowing how to write a country song um, can help you write any song because it's all about making every line pay off so that the hook um, feels very satisfying. And that storytelling, I think, is the hardest part of songwriting for me. And I really craved that turn of a phrase that gave people that feeling of, oh, I feel understood now, or uh, this is me, I I feel this too, and I connect with this person. So that was, I kind of dove into that, that world and I kept doing these workshops. School was not as important to me, though I was kind of a perfectionist and wanted to excel at that too. Um, I I really just wanted to immerse myself in music grow. And when I got the opportunity to intern in LA, I worked for uh, Prescription Songs and AAM, uh, which was Dr. Luke's management and record label and uh, shortly after that I worked for Disney Music Group as an intern in their marketing division. I didn't want to go back for my senior year, but I had to. And uh, after I graduated, I moved back to LA and signed a publishing deal two years after that. And uh, I've currently been writing for different projects and mostly writing for myself. Um, I think I've evolved to a point where I I want to write um, mostly for for myself and uh, put out my own material as a solo artist. So
0: would you say that when you ended up back in LA, that was kind of the point where you were like, being an artist is what I'm committing myself to, or was that something that you kind of wrestled with like earlier on in the timeline?
1: When I first signed the publishing deal, I think my people pleasing tendencies were really heightened. I wanted to write a smash hit for, you know, whoever wanted it, whatever was on the pitch list. I was working really, really hard and not necessarily smart because I think some of the, the better songs I've written always come from um, being in touch with yourself and if an artist wants to cut that it's it's because it's personal to you and therefore personal to them, and I was looking to outside of myself, so there were some cuts that I got out of that hustle, but. um, They they're not as gratifying as as the ones that uh, maybe came from um, a deeper place.
0: um So what do you think then inspires a lot of your writing? Like, is there some, is there a common theme or a common like topic, if you will, that you find comes up in a lot of the stuff you write and Mm -hmm. ultimately does that change from focusing on writing
1: for you versus for somebody else? As I get older, I I really want to get deeper into whatever my current truth is. So I think I avoided that early on in life as much as I really thought I was um, extracting something um, true. I I don't think it was the whole truth. And I think the, I don't wanna like avoid the ugly parts and the, the parts that make me feel too vulnerable and uncomfortable. I don't know if it's like I'm too therapized right right now, like I I go to therapy. And I I think that's um, something that is healing for me is is being able to face kind of those ugly, ugly things you feel, whether it's like self-hatred or um, judgment of others and not being like, and not judging them so hard, but just saying what it is and Sometimes that just ends in like a um, you know a, a song about um, like I have a song called "Dead Inside," which is actually a very positive song about uh, a relationship I'm currently in with my boyfriend, and um, it's about how he defied my expectations about myself because i I thought that I was washed up, burnt out, um, but uh, his support and love actually kind of revitalized my sense of self and my self-worth um and I wanted to hopefully do that for him too and so um I guess the ironic phrase in it is you know you know I thought I was dead inside um uh, but that's obviously not the case um so yeah um so it really
0: just kind of depends on where life's at at the moment and that's just kind of where the writing goes from
1: then yeah um also like another example uh I was I was working for about four years at Capitol Records I was working as the sole metadata operations person there and I felt very um I don't, I don't know how to say it without sounding dramatic, but I, I didn't feel very respected, and I felt overworked, and I started writing about that, and I have another song called "Time Bomb," um, that's basically shitting on everyone that I, that I worked with, and, you know, out, I think that was helpful to me because, I, my feelings were valid, but I also. Recognize that beyond that anger is is like healing, and you don't have to hold on to that. So um, I think that's one of my favorite songs I've written that I've put out called "Time Bomb," um, because it I think, I, in my opinion, kind of perfectly uh, captures what a toxic work environment can do to your spirit.
0: does so you write i mean like you said you write from a place of whatever is going on does that um how do you approach writing songs for other people then like is it also coming from a place of personal experience is it not is it like i i mean it also kind of depends if it's in a collaborative environment or it's just mm-hmm. you kind of writing these songs so what does that kind
1: of process look like yeah that's a really good question i i've I've struggled with that a little bit, but I think what works best for me is to get in touch with who that artist is, get to know them as best as I can. Um, if it's pitching to them without actually being in the room writing with them, that's what makes it a little hard and I think it is a shot in the dark, and you have to just trust your instincts and know that uh, human emotions are universal and um And I try not to be, I think I've written with a lot of people who are very gender specific and I don't really prescribe to that um, ideology. I don't like when people say like, oh, a girl wouldn't say that or a guy wouldn't say that. I was like, I think we all um, have feelings and should be able to express them. (laughs) So um, that's where it gets a little tricky because it kind of depends on like, if labels are involved and they want something very specific for their artist, that's what's so hard. Um, I've I've had circumstances where I've written on a track, it was like a Chainsmokers track and it got passed around for two years and I ended up getting royalties for a song by BTS, the K-pop group, because I had written like two or three years before on that track and it was registered with the same title and it, you know it, it it just kind of happened and um I'm my publisher um to this day is still um tr- trying hopefully to solidify um my writer credit on it um but it's not I don't have an official credit on it but I'm making royalties from it so that's where things get really complicated and I try not to overthink or make it, like sometimes I'm like, did I, was I a part of it? Was I not? I think um, at this point I need to like take the win because I have been <laughs> struggling so so much. And if I'm making a little money from something that I did put effort into and uh, the the hook is basically the same as uh, the hook that I had written with my friend from Nashville, um, I, I think it's necessary to just let it be and not necessarily try and fight for this credit that, you know, I'd probably get like 2% of it, um, but I am, you know, making, you know, uh, certain streaming royalties, not, not all of them, so, um, yeah, and there's, there's other situations where I've been in a room, with like 10 people um, wanting to write this uh, kind of Spanish and English type of song. Uh, and they were kind of using me as like a sounding board for melodies. Um, and I don't necessarily work that way, but I had to lean into that and, and you know, say, okay, you want these lyrics and you want it to be kind of um, Structured a certain way let's let's go for that. So that was one of my first cuts with um, this um, I believe Albanian artist named Clady, Um and it did really, really well on YouTube. Um, but I haven't been able to collect the royalties from YouTube, uh, just the streaming royalties, and the YouTube royalties would would be a lot better. So um, it's hard for me to think in terms of of um, making of optimizing how much I'm making off of these songs because until I get like a really really big cut it's it's kind of hard to like um, advocate for myself without a lot of representation um, so that's been a little difficult but um, I think it's character building you know <laughs> if I'm looking on the bright side
0: it's all you really can do and For anybody who may be listening that doesn't understand the music world royalties are a pain in the butt Mm -hmm. there's like 10 different versions and it depends on where you're at what it means and that's why there's a lot of musicians not getting the money they should be so Mm -hmm. yeah, um so kind of jumping back to the stuff that you release as an artist how would you describe the music that you make For somebody that's not heard it?
1: Sorry, say that again?
0: How would you describe the music that you put out for somebody who's never heard it?
1: Mm. That's the hardest question, I think. Uh, (laughs) I'm never good at condensing what, what it is that my sound is. I I want to say it's pop, but that's too general, right? And then um, singer-songwriter is also too general. Um, but I I would say that there's a lot of um, it's it's pop with a lot of uh, R and B and alt rock influence, with a very uh, clear attention to um, storytelling um, in almost in the style of like Nashville songcraft I want. Um, but I, but I also want it to be very, very pop. And right now, my like my top songs on Spotify are a lot of EDM cuts I've gotten, and that upsets me a little bit because <laughs> it doesn't represent. What I do, I I do like uh, some of the, some of the songs um, and how they're crafted, um, but I think they don't very clearly represent who I am. Uh, like my song S M um, H, is about a lot of my trauma, I guess, and and dealing with some of my toxic feelings, kind of like what I was talking about in the beginning, and that's one of my more successful songs that I've released on my own. Um, and hopefully it will, you know, get back to the top of my page at some point. I'm gonna, you know, try and promote it more on TikTok and all that good stuff. But um, uh, yeah, I've done a horrible job at uh, capturing what my, <laughs> what my sound is. But um, let me, hmm. I guess, It would be like like vulnerable, angsty pop, if that, yeah. I think that sums it up. Yeah. So
0: kind of going off of that then, is there a particular song that you've written and put out that you think best embodies kind of who you are as an artist? Like basically if you... We're trying to sell somebody on listening to you as an artist. You have one song to kind of show them to get them to be a fan of yours. Do you know what that song might be?
1: Hmm. I think it would either be SMH or Time Bomb. That's what I would like it to be. Um, but I have realized over the years that my, my favorite song of mine. Does not necessarily uh, mean it's it's everyone else's favorite. So I want to be conscious of that moving forward. I, I think like SMH was almost so vulnerable that I resisted being super proud of it or or cheering about it. Um, but it it was kind of what resonated with a lot of people on social media, what kind of got me new followers and new listeners. On Spotify or Apple or whatever, so um, that was a really organic feeling of of capturing people's attention, and I I have to um, give that um, give it credit, you know. Um, I think it's a time bomb, you know, about working in a toxic work environment, not necessarily the immediate success or attention that I wanted it's a little more nuanced you you don't necessarily have the context of knowing what the song really is about even though I kind of I I talk about the the culture and how I'm uh, basically like some of the lyrics are like you're high on power I tolerate it put in the hours um but in the hours to fuck I forgot the lyrics sorry anyways (laughs) the chorus is I'm a ticking time bomb ticking time bomb don't keep doing me wrong you lean on me but that don't mean I'm loyal so it's it's a it's kind of a fuck you song and I I like um kind of leaning into my anger (laughs) in music so it's where the angsty vibe comes from yeah
0: um, what ultimately like motivates you to continue to be writing and putting out um, new music, like as an artist?
1: Sometimes it doesn't feel like a choice. i I think it's been such a a part of me that i don't I don't think I can even separate from. though there are times when the industry can make me feel like I should go find literally any other thing to do with my life just because it's so hard and um but I've, I've read that book uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and that's given me a lot of perspective and really helped me embrace the fact that I don't deserve any external success, but I deserve the joy that music gives me. And that's why I continue to do it. And um, I still have very big aspirations for my music. um, But I think I I have to put more attention on the way music makes me feel what it does for my mental health and my spirit, and hopefully the music can uh, do that for some people or a lot of people, um, and I'm trying to uh, understand that it's not always up to me. I It's only my job to keep creating um, and being genuine.
0: So would you say that part of what motivates you is ultimately the impact that you want
1: to have yeah um I guess impact like as far as like commercial impact I think that's probably not as helpful to me because it stifles the creativity a little bit it makes it harder to get in touch with what I really feel, what I really want to say. so the the commercial success, aspiration part of it can be a distraction because I got so invested in it that i that I forgot how much I loved music. So that's been kind of a, a thing that I've been really working with right now to make sure that I um, stay on a. A path of integrity with with my music, I suppose, and not try to uh, you know doom scroll through Instagram or TikTok and just watch um, all of these people I you know I want to uh, be associated with or be as successful as um, if I get too invested in that, uh, I lose the, the inspiration to create. Um and I, I I feel like that that might be the consensus, the consensus of a lot of creatives, especially creatives who feel like they need to be present on social media at all times. Um, I think there's almost a little too much self-awareness right now with like how we're perceived. And I think that that's kind of like the disease of of it all. Like I I I don't want to care so much about how I look or how I'm perceived that I just like don't even know what to do like feel paralyzed by it um,
0: so yeah I mean that's the industry is a whole mess of a place anymore mm-hmm. um, but um, more so on the like impact thing more so on the side of like you talked about like kind of how other people would like perceive like your music and like that kind of like, like the stuff that you're writing, obviously, like you're not the only one living that kind of experience, you know? So like, Mm -hmm. is that part of then kind of what motivates you more the impact of like having that sort of personal connection kind of thing rather than, Oh, I want to this, I want this song to perform to this level and all that stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I think that like grassroots level, um, Promotion, for lack of a better word, is better for me right now because um, I think having my song get on a bunch of playlists is not necessarily um, attracting the right people. The you know, my music is not for everyone, and I think that's important for me to understand. Um, the people it's for are the ones who message me saying. Uh, you know, oh my God, this is me. This is my life. Or uh, I'm going to show this to all my my friends. You know, I, um, I don't know. I didn't try to um, attract those types of people. I feel like I've always looked for validation from people within the industry. And I forgot that there's like literally people in Minnesota who have found my song and are like, Oh my God! You understand me as like a a gay guy who's from a small town and uh, who's you know romanticized their life in a way that um, has uh, been a bit detrimental, but also uh, you know we're I don't know if I'm making sense right now, but um, like I guess to give an example is in shaking my head, I I just really start off by saying like, I feel anxious, inadequate, like I ain't shit, but I'm last to quit, not famous, so not as legit as the brainless singing about bad bitches. So I, I, I'm leaning into that feeling of being misunderstood and wanting to, you know, be the successful uh, pop star and, um, I it's funny because I think so many uh, people like me uh, have romanticized like Hollywood. And I think that's like a lot of what SMH is about. And um, feeling like you had to like kind of move away from your town and prove people wrong like that is like almost the cliche of, of it all. And I kind of wanted to take the piss out of it by writing this song that's just confronting every little tiny insecurity about being a musician, uh, and also being somebody who, who doesn't fit the mold of the industry, at least in the past, um, you know, so, um, yeah.
0: Um, no, I mean, I, the, the, Like some other things, the music industry is constantly changing, but that mold is something that seems to still kind of remain. I think we're breaking away from it a little bit with the shift into kind of the independent world. That's kind of slowly growing. It's there. It's going to happen. I'm waiting for the day that that's that we're making up just as much of a market share as the label people, but might be a ways down the road. Um, I'll take it a little bit more in a, lighter hearted direction and ask, um, if you could open for any artist, who would it be?
1: Hmm. Oh my goodness.
0: So many options.
1: Okay. The first things coming to mind are, uh, SZA. Okay. Lady Gaga. hmm Um. There's this independent artist named uh, Carol Addis. I don't know if you've heard of her. I um, not. I don't even know if she's independent, but a friend of mine introduced me to one of her songs and I'm obsessed with her. Um, I, I would absolutely love to open for her. Um, who else? Um, John Bellion. Uh,
0: I am the biggest John Bellion fan. He's the reason I started writing music.
1: Unbelievable, yeah um god um like i don't even know if the people i want to open for like even make sense as far as like (laughs) genre compatibility but like Mm -hmm. i guess um you know it's my fantasy (laughs) it doesn't always have to you know i mean yeah
0: you could see all different kinds of combinations it's just because you never know like somebody who's a lady gaga fan might also be like a john bellion fan even though like yes they're both pop they're very different styles anymore so you can find
1: somebody meets in the middle and you're Mm -hmm. all set (laughs) yeah and now that I think about it I'd even like to open for Eminem I like one of my biggest dreams is to have a hook on an Eminem song Um, (laughs) like just like the the whole Skylar Gray era where she was writing like these massive like melodic hooks on his songs that was like just gold to me. Like I loved, Love the Way You Lie, I Need a Doctor, all of that stuff. Um, Because she was such a like singer songwriter, but then, you know, Eminem fucked with her. And like the merging of those two very different genres um, is really appealing to me. And I think that's also kind of what inspires like the the genre that I do, like with SMH, even Time Bomb, um, very much um, that, uh, very honest uh, to almost to a fault where it, it makes people a little uncomfortable. Like I'm really trying to um, emulate that energy a little bit more these days.
0: You opening for Eminem would be a sight to see. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that'd be a very unique combination.
1: It it would certainly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's certain songs I've written too where I'm like, how can I get my publisher to get this to Eminem? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, yeah.
0: Um, I'm sure you know being in L.A., um, but. The world of independent artists is probably bigger than it's ever been. Um, very saturated kind of world yeah. that we live in now, doing it ourselves and all that. What is it that you think kind of makes you set apart from all of your peers, essentially? Like, what is what is something that kind of makes you stand out from the rest?
1: Well, I think the the unique experience of being a really pop-centric artist who studied songwriting in school at Nashville and then did like really immerse myself in these workshops. So, so I weirdly have like this country background, like some of my songs have like a, like if they had different instrumentation on it, they could be a country song. Um, not all of them, definitely not all of them, I, I would say like. One comes to mind, same same page, which is out now. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm promoting myself. Uh, it, uh, I wrote it about my friend, um, my only friend from high school, really. I come back to my hometown. I'm currently in my hometown now for a couple weddings. I've never been invited to more weddings in my life. Um, but the song is about coming back home for like Thanksgiving and you know how it's almost kind of like a high school reunion a bit where you run into people you know Um, but it's specifically about being with this one friend of mine and embracing that we don't feel great about life right now but we find solace in the fact that we are on the same page together Um, and romanticizing you know The life we once had in this small town with all these big dreams and, um, you know, laughing at the days um, we couldn't wait to pack up all our bags and drive away. But since then, I've gone a little insane. It's nice to be with you on the same page Um, with like imagery throughout the verses about like, you know, smoking a cigarette on the cul-de-sac and like developing all these new bad habits um, as we. Uh, you know are forged into adulthood um, and are just really messy and rough around the edges and um, but also just you know at the end of the day are really happy to have that friendship
0: so um that's the one that you think kind of has that sort of like country kind of influence is there any other of your songs that you think have kind of a not obscure but like different kind of piece of influence from somewhere else
1: Mm. that
0: is like a little different than like some of your stuff like obviously it's all kind of grounded in this Mm. center central kind of sound that is you but like this one has that country sound is there anything else that kind of has that outside element to it
1: I'm thinking I'm actually like looking out my Spotify right now I don't have like enough music like I really want to put out more music that represents who I am in this moment I'm sure you can relate like your last song that you released is not necessarily what represents who you are as an artist uh now versus yesterday like I um
0: I'm still backlogging a little bit
1: (laughs) I hear that yeah um but uh yeah let me think um like my song user with um it's a duet with a friend of mine megan fahey that i think is inspired by like the civil wars i don't know if you've heard of them they're nashville-based americana Mm -hmm. band. Um, i thought you
0: meant the actual like civil war for a (laughs) second and then i was like interesting (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no no, the band i'm
1: familiar (laughs) interesting turn uh turn of events um in this podcast, no, um, yeah, um, it's it's called The Civil Wars, because I, I think they actually had a tumultuous relationship and they broke up this duo, because I think they um, were cheating with their spouses on each other. And anyways, they they have a song called Poison and Wine and their harmonies were very special. And I, I wanted to kind of capture that melodic influence a little bit. Um, I guess like a song that I I did with a friend DJ friend of mine uh, named L-M-N-O-P. Um, It's called "Take It Away," and that has a lot of R and B influence. Um, probably even a little Bonnie Vare influence, with like the verses being like kind of all airy falsetto. Um, lyrically, I'm I'm trying to think of like like songs like cheap lullaby definitely have a little bit of uh an R&B like Kehlani influence um, even John Bellion like certain melodies I I feel like oh I I hope that maybe John Bellion would like this and I can only hope but you know um like there's an and certain production value of it that I think that like certain uh melodic hooks throughout it Uh, and instrumentation throughout it um, is definitely inspired by by him Um, because yeah who isn't inspired by him like I think his production and songs from even like almost like eight years ago is still so fresh to me so um, yeah
0: sounds like you got a little bit of everything going on
1: yeah I um
0: try to keep it new and different
1: yeah I think like at the end of the day if you like go through like the songs that I've self-released like there's more cohesiveness than I've probably let on but I think in the back of my mind I I, like know all of the inspirations behind it but the ending product isn't necessarily Mm -hmm. uh, indicative of that
0: I mean, that makes sense. It's, uh, it's, you're the only one who really gets to see the journey from start to finish. If you're the one who's doing it all yourself, you know? So, yeah, and it doesn't necessarily need to be an influence to the consumer eye. It really can just be yeah. from a place of, cause somebody, somebody somewhere will put two and two together, you know, yeah. the, the casual listener might not, but somebody will be like, mm. I hear a little bit of this in there, especially if they're a fan of that person. And then anybody they know who's a fan of that person sending you their way. So yeah, that's a slowly, good, point. but surely you're just going to be everywhere.
1: Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <good point>. um, <laughs> um, yeah. There's also a song called pretty devil that I did specifically to get synced in a TV show. Like mm-hmm. um, I, I wrote it with um, a producer friend of mine, uh, Tay Dex and um, a girl who I duetted. I don't know if that's a word. I did a duet with a girl on it uh, named Belle Saint and she's. Uh, really uh, successful in kind of that sync world. She has like a lot of um, sync placements and shows and commercials and uh, my publisher set me up with her. And so um, her influence and the producer's influence um, really informed a lot of like how I even approached singing it and uh, the style of it. Um, it was a lot more moody and soulful and um, and lyrically a little more um, ambiguity um, because that's what they asked for with, with sync music. Um, but it, it lent to like a very interesting collaboration. So yeah, I think uh, my collaborators um, I look to as inspiration as much as I do, um, you know, John Bellion or Eminem or <laughs>
0: All those guys. <laughs>
1: Britney Spears, whoever it may be.
0: So I think that kind of leaves us with our last question, which is the title of the podcast. Why music? Like Of all things, because there's thousands and thousands of things that us as human beings could be doing, why music? Why music for what you're pursuing?
1: Hmm. It's, I'm trying to form my thoughts. (laughs) And as I say that I'm thinking as an introvert, I have a lot of trouble expressing myself. And I think that's probably the primary reason for writing music because I can take all of the time I need to express my truth and to feel connected to the world. I don't think I'd be a good public speaker. I don't think I would be great in, you know, as like a leader uh, in, you know, a corporation, but as somebody who can express themselves, really well in in that art form I think that's that's the reason I do it and um, that's where I can make the biggest impact not just on on people around me but for for myself
0: I mean ultimately it does come back come down to like your why is going to be the message that you want to deliver the impact that you want to have and mm-hmm. that's ultimately what it comes down to it's What lights a fire under our ass and it's why we do it every day, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of the Why Music podcast. We will be back with another new artist next week. Thanks for listening.